that's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins. That is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, one of the signature wacky logos and nicknames in the wacky era of minor league baseball logos and nicknames. It's going to be so much fun to talk about. You know what's coming. We're going to be welcoming back to the to the podcast Jason Klein of Brandios. This is one of Brandios's signature brands, and I'm looking forward to talking to Jason about that. What you didn't see coming is that we'll be broadcasting live from Kaalu Bay in Kona, Hawaii, with Kathleen Clark of an organization called Reef Teach. Wildlife consultant Ranger Amy Burnett and I will be interviewing her about shrimp in general. And, uh, you know, some of the Hawaiian shrimp versus some of the shrimp that you might find in Jacksonville. Right now, though, I'm very happy to be joined by the general manager of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Harold Craw. Howard, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me today. Oh, man, I am so looking forward to talking about this brand. This is, you know, like I said, one of the signature brands out there in the the world of, of minor league baseball logos. Before we get talking about like the reaction to the logo and and some of what you went through as you were unveiling it. I'll just ask you a really basic question. How come a team in Jacksonville, Florida is called the Jumbo Shrimp? So it's so funny because people think immediately about the the phenomenal seafood that you can catch right off the coast of Mayport here. But we did not find that out until after uh, <laughs> we selected our name. So Jacksonville is the biggest city in the country by land miles. Um, so it's a jumbo in that nature. Uh, but just like uh, many other southern towns and, and cities, large and small, no matter where you go, you seem to run into somebody that you know. Um, and so it's really an oxymoron. Jumbo shrimp, big city, but still a small town. Uh, so that's essentially uh, the basis behind it. And then we got educated about shrimp and uh, the white gold that's found off of our coast after <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of amazing to me actually you know because i mean obviously the fishing industry is a big deal down there and there was you know the uh, the whole like sort of forest gump story you know the whole all the references to that when the logo came out i think it's fair to say and i think the team embraced this fact at the time but the logo the brand was not well received right away the the announcement of the brand was and this is Jason Klein and, and Brandios, and we're going to be talking to them later on. They talk a lot about the J curve, which is funny because your logo is a shrimp shaped like the letter J. So this is a literal J curve that we're talking about. <laughs> but he talks, you know, they always we, we talk about that on the podcast a lot where the initial reaction is down. There's a little bit of a plateau and then it shoots way up. Now, one of the most popular brands out there. I hear it all the time reference from people saying it's oh, it's one of my favorites in, in, in the industry. But the team, when, you know, when... When this logo was unveiled, the team fully embraced the negative reaction, right? They said, you know, there were T-shirts that the team sold that said haters going to hate. And there was, you know, there was there was a lot of almost like embracing of that. What was it like for you? You were there when the, when the team was the the Jacksonville Suns and that logo was was widely enjoyed. Uh, that team was the Suns from 1965 until this unveiling, except for five years when they were the Jacksonville Expos. What was that like for you? 
on the team to experience that negative reaction. We, even though I'm sure Jason and, and, and Casey with Brandios were assuring you that they were, you know, that it was going to turn around. The J curve is real. They said, what was that like for you on the team to, to receive that backlash? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I think I was probably surprised. I'm a glass half full type of guy. Um, a lot of times I think I was surprised at the length that people were, if you want to call it angry, Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They were angry. I thought it might last a little bit longer. You know, when you have a, a storied franchise that have won championships, that have a, a, a very well liked um, owner in the area, and you change things over, mm-hmm. uh, you, you kind of worry about what that may feel like. And I guess our cycle, I might be awful about this, but maybe five to seven days. Yeah. Um, but again, in a city this size, right, uh-huh, it's really uh-huh. tough to tell because after the announcement was made, we had people knocking on our door for merchandise. And at the same time, we had a petition going around to change the name back. And yeah. so you're you're kind of, it's almost like I was straddling the fence trying to figure out which <laughs> side do we really, are we really going to fall on right now? And I thought it was really cool how quickly people embraced us while at the same time we had some detractors and still have folks that uh, talk about the sons and, and different things like that. So yeah. uh, we understand the history as somebody from an area who has had a minor league team since the 1800s. Um, it's, I understand the big deal, but we, we, I felt like we, we took a large leap from it yeah. and have grown pretty quickly, or at least in my mind, pretty quickly. Yeah. You said you're from an area where you've had a minor league baseball team since the 1800s. That's not Jacksonville. Let's see. I'm going to guess you're from Chattanooga. Chattanooga. I was going to say Buffalo. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously baseball has been played there in, in different ways since then. But again, that also a recognizable logo that had been in yeah. the community for a while with the eyes. And so yeah, trying to understand more so understand the folks that were here and, and why they would be upset or disappointed depending on how you look at it. But we always yeah. said we're just building another foundation. Uh, yeah. It's almost like we're just oh, turning the page. We haven't forgotten about those other pages, just turning it to a new one. I like that. I like it. And someday, well, I, I definitely want to do an episode on the Chattanooga lookouts too. Cause that's uh, you know, that's that, that is a definitely a storied franchise and a storied part of the country for sure. Crazy um, history there, man. Crazy. Yeah. History. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, well, the premise of this podcast is that you can tell the story of America by understanding why minor league baseball teams are called what they're called. And so, you know, I learned all about Lookout Mountain by, you know, looking up the Chattanooga Lookouts, right? That's, I mean, it's super cool. You said that the announcement was made on November 2, 2016. And I'm trying to think about what was going on in the country in November of 2016. Not only, I mean, obviously, Florida was integral in the in the 2016 election. And, uh, you know, that was a week away when this happened. And the other thing that was happening on November 2, 2016, that's game seven of the 2016 World Series. And so here are the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, like trying to like duck over here. Like, we know this is going to get some backlash. We're just going to put this announcement out here with like the Chicago Cubs winning their first World Series in a century. And one of the most, uh, you know, divisive elections we've ever had. 
And it's just like, we're just over here. We're just going to announce this little minor league baseball logo nickname. And it still blew up. It still blew up. It got a huge reaction. And and it, 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 you did not get out of the way uh, <laughs> of that, of that backlash. Was that, I mean, was that intentional or was that just a happenstance that, that that's when that announcement happened? <laughs> it was somewhat intentional, but in a way of this could be really awesome mm-hmm. or this could go south quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it honestly, I think because we, quote unquote, we say dominated the, the news cycle, definitely in our mm-hmm. area in mm-hmm. the state of Florida for about 48 to 72 hours with all of those things going on. Right. Uh, we felt like that it, it, it didn't go, go too badly uh, for <laughs> us. Uh, so it was yeah. it was a good thing. So, yeah, we, we were strategic in that um, in, when we announced it and, and things like that. And also from a timing of year as we're heading into the holidays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to, to share obviously our announcement, our name, as we as front office members head to the winter meetings um, and at the same time be able to share with all of our staff members and their family as they went home for the holidays. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did did the Marlins have any input? Did the Marlins have any reaction to, you know, this, you know, the their then double A affiliate replacing a you know a pretty classic minor league baseball brand in the Jacksonville Suns with you know something that was admittedly a little bit off the wall right like I mean it's it was towards the beginning I mean there certainly had been some wacky nicknames by this point but it was towards the beginning of this this era that we're in now of the pushing the envelope and and uh, the sort of crazy nicknames but definitely with a local flavor as it were did the Marlins uh have any say in that conversation we obviously we had conversations and we gave them a head, heads up about it as well, but they were supportive of it. There was never any any backlash from that way. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, after realignment now, yeah. we're really part of a fish family, right? Yeah. It goes all the way down. We're all seafood. If you count our double <laughs> affiliate in the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, we're all some form of sea life. There um, you go. So, uh, it's it's pretty exciting to be able to do that. So, but no, we have had obviously a great relationship with the Marlins. Um, and our guys love uh, the brand that they wear on any given day. They really, really enjoy different colors. Obviously, our different promotional uniforms that that we wear, and any time that we can tip our cap to Miami by wearing our vice jerseys, uh, we get a lot of support from the guys, which is pretty cool. So you're the Mar- the Marlins affiliates are the AAA, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the AA Pensacola Blue Wahoos. I'm going to skip over high A for just a second and come back to them. Uh, single A is the Jupiter Hammerheads. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, all, all ocean-based here. And then the the sort of wild card here is the Beloit Sky Carp, who, uh, you know, are technically a goose, but they have carp in their name. So you're absolutely right. There's some sort of connection to to aquatic life. <laughs> <laughs> that that's really funny. I had not until you said it. I had not thought of that. So that's uh that that's really very funny. Yeah, we have a shirt that actually says "Fish Family," and then uh, it has a different logo, different logos on it. I'm totally gonna need that shirt. I absolutely <laughs> need that shirt. <laughs> that's really fun. So, well, so this this brand then the the logos themselves. I mean, there's a there's a handful of of really fun ones. And you talked about the oxymoron of, you know, obviously the phrase jumbo shrimp, big and small. One of the brands is or one of the marks is the fish itself. And I think this is the one. Yeah, this is the one you have on your shirt is the the shrimp character himself sort of wrapped around the state of Florida. So, right. It's like so you're here, this little animal, but he's wrapped around the entire state of Florida. So that that's a really fun one. The the one that I, I have to say I really like, though, and you talked about the, you know, 
seafood, uh, you know, the seafood aspect of this is the shrimp sort of emerging, sort of looking triumphant uh, from a like a cooking pot with some water. And then these like little cut cut up bits of like corn and sausage. So obviously he's over here is like part of a jambalaya or something. Right. Like so. Uh, so it's pretty funny to feature your logo like as food uh, or to feature your mascot as food in the uh, uh, in one of your actually actual marks there. Is there a mark that, that you find that people sort of like the most or is the is the most popular? You just you talked about it's the shrimp wrapped around the state of Florida. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're from Florida, you're very, very, very pro Florida everything. And mm-hmm. so as we rolled out the different logos, you know, you get the ooh and the ah as you roll those things out. <laughs> yeah. So obviously the J shrimp got the ooh and the ah. It's got the rivers with the water in it as well. But as soon as we rolled out the the state of Florida with the shrimp, which is our road logo, our mm-hmm. way logo, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was like, ooh, I have to have that yeah. um, as well. One other thing that I love to note about our shrimp boil uh, which is the shrimp jumping out of the the pot? Uh-huh. Is that it's kind of a, a mantra for Jacksonville, a gritty town, very resilient, um, as you can see from him coming out of the pot. But we're very much a melting pot of a lot of different folks, a very diverse city. So it kind of speaks to that tongue in cheek with the shrimp and the corn and the sausage there, but also it has some some meaning behind it as well. Well. And I have to apologize. I called it a jambalaya and you said the shrimp boil. And that's that's obviously the the name for it. So that's um, definitely a, a fun logo. I think that's my favorite, actually. If I were to get that on like a dad hat or like an ice cream helmet, I would hope to hope to to find that one. So I, I like that, that one. A lot of food. We use it with a lot of our, our F&B uh, company. So it becomes the de facto logo for them because it pops on a lot of stuff because it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, this brand is really fun. I'm, you know, obviously I'm going to talk to Jason Klein next about uh, some of the work that that they have done. I know that you've also done, not only is it in the the Marlin system that you have the sort of seafood going, but before when you were a double A team, you had the seafood buffet rivalry where you had the uh, the jumbo shrimp, the Biloxi shuckers and the Pensacola blue Wahoos uh, yeah. playing in the seafood buffet series. That was pretty fun. The jumbo <laughs> when you did the um the vice night with the with the Miami Vice style jumbo shrimp that's that was very funny. I guess that was an homage to the parent club too because you're not in Miami when you did Miami Vice style uniforms. Very much so. So we've done one every year since 2017 in a different iteration, color changes, different things like that. Um it was probably one of our best promotions we had in our uh, initial year in 17 and every mm-hmm. single year since then we've gotten questions about are you going to do a different vice jerseys and so we just started to add a new one every single year um, as part of it and so yeah it's our opportunity for the guys to to feel like they're playing in that the black color um, here mm-hmm. and then also at the same time a chance for us to tip the cap to Miami and do some fun and cool things that play around that that vibe yeah, that's a that's a total. I mean, I remember writing about that for sportslogos.net and just that was that got a big reaction, just like everyone just loves like embracing. And you already have that sort of like pink and blue sort of, you know, Miami Vice feeling about the with the with the logo anyway. One of the Here's other random side note, the actual car from the TV show lives in Jacksonville. So we had it at the, our, uh, our vice night. God, this is awesome. I love this so much. <laughs> what did you get it out on the field or was it on the concourse? How did you do that? We could we just had to put it out in front because it's so low to the ground, it can't make any curves or any dips <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, and that's how low to the I mean the thing is, you know, that far from the ground. 
because of how it sits. So we couldn't really drive it around like we wanted to. Yeah, that is pretty great. I do love that story. On a more serious note, one of the alternate brands that that you've done paid homage to the the Jacks Redcaps who played in the Negro American Leagues. And I remember when that that came out, that was really well received. And and uh, the replica uniforms that you all wore from that team were just you know so well done. So that was, at least from my perspective, from 30,000 feet away here, that, that seemed like that was a really well-received promotion. Is that yeah. something you're going to continue doing? Yes, we have. Obviously, um, I'm a, that's, that's my baby. So uh, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's also, I didn't realize how much near and dear it was to Jacksonville until I really got deep into the African-American community, really diving deep and trying to, you know, figure out are there guys or their family members that are still here and around? And they are, ironically. Wow. Um, and so it's pretty cool. Some of the folks that we've met and family members uh, from that, ironically, there's family members that play for the Red Caps and other family in the same family. Mm-hmm. Also, we're Tuskegee Airmen. So try that one on for size. Wow. For uh, Trailblazers. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we met some of those folks as well. But yeah, we intend to continue to do that. We wear our, our Red Caps uniforms or more than just our Negro League weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wear them for the inception of the Jackie Robinson Day, which we celebrate here. And we mm-hmm. also wear them for if the game falls in that second week of May when the first Negro League game was said to be have been played. We wear them for that. Um, as well. Uh, and there's a couple of other things we do outside of our season where we host the HBCU Classic as well as we actually put two local, predominantly African-American high schools. Uh, they play baseball on our field. Oh, they both cool. wear Red Caps uniforms. Uh, one is home, one is away. And then we bring in about 4,000 elementary school kids uh, for those guys to play in front of. And it's pretty cool. It's called the uh, High School Heritage game of Jacksonville and I actually worked with Brandios uh, on creating a logo for it. Very cool. That's a man. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on that. That sounds like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of levels to that conversation right there. So that's, that's very cool. Yeah. It's awesome. We love it. Absolutely. That's, that is very cool. What a way to pay tribute to that, to that heritage. We're so important. So, well, Harold, this has been a ton of fun. I mean, obviously, you know, one of the, one of the most fun brands in minor league baseball right now. And I know so many people who say this is this is my favorite. Uh, Mike Sellers, who hosts the Up to Chat podcast, he did an episode on uh, on the Jumbo Shrimp, and he said uh, my favorite, the best logo in all the minor league baseball. And so I hear that all the time, and it's it's just you know it's 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 totally fun. And I appreciate you making time to come on and and talk to me about it. I, I, I've been remiss in not doing a Florida based minor league baseball tour because there's so many ballparks that I need to get to there. Obviously you all are triple a, but there's a whole Florida state league circuit right there that, that would be such an amazing road trip. So uh, historic parks, man, waterfront parks, so much uniqueness. Pensacola's unique, obviously the Jack yeah. and then that yeah. down in Daytona. Absolutely. Like, there's a lot. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to get to Florida then. This is It's time. It's time. It's been too long. So, Harold, thank you so much. Where can people I know people can find the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp pretty easily online, but uh, but where can people find you on online or on social media? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter okay. at, at the Crawdad 77. Crawdad 77. <laughs> uh, it's I'm not the- I don't tweet a lot. I don't post a lot. Uh, if anything, I'm posting about my 10 year old daughter playing travel softball. Let's see what I'm posting about. Uh, all right. Well, Harold, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate talking to you. And this has been this has been a lot of fun for me. And good luck with the upcoming off season. And I uh, hope to see you in 2023. Sounds great, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you.
All right, everyone. Welcome back to Jason Klein of Brandios. Jason, it's been too long since we've talked. How are you doing? Too long. Well, we did it. We made it. We 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 figured it out. We got. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we have <laughs> one of uh, one of the most popular, one of your most popular brands. One of the most fun sort of yeah. to, to talk about brands. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah. This is this is you know there's a lot of signature Brandios brands, but the Jacksonville uh, Jumbo Shrimp, I think, has to be one of, you know, one of one of the, the the most closely associated with you all. One of the one of the the bigger success stories out of Brandios. I, and I don't know. I mean, this is I'm just thinking about this anecdotally. So maybe you think about that differently than I do. But when I think of Brandios, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are one of the first ones that I that come to mind. So, yeah. Is that what do you, what do you think? Is this, is the jumbo shrimp one of I your... mean it's in like there's this um there's a sort of family of like like crazy launches. Um jumbo shrimp I put in there, you know, sod poodles, um iron pigs, flying squirrels, uh yard goats, rubber ducks. Um and and they all um they all were, they all like sort of went through the same process, trusted the process you know, stepped into this idea of being comfortable with something that is uncomfortable um, and, and, and really pushing in. I mean, so, so I mean, uh, paddle heads, I put in that too, like just sure. really trusted the process, even when it was scary. And ultimately the result came out um, fantastic. It was, I mean, the crustacean nation is alive and well today. <laughs> well, so this is one where the team itself really embraced the 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 pushback yeah. early on they knew it was coming they embraced it they you know they had t-shirts that said haters gonna hate right like oh. they they knew that it was coming <laughs> uh i guess the jacksonville suns was a that. sort of classic brand <laughs> um so so you know so they knew this was coming you were confident that it was going to be successful anyway how you know how do you know how do you know that that a brand like this that gets that pushback right away how do you know and i get the j curve we've talked about the j curve yeah how how can you be so confident in that upswing on the on the backside of the j there i mean you you never you're never fully confident right i mean over time it gets better i would say that and and i i've said this before i chuck domino of redding and lehigh and Mm-hmm. And flying squirrels fame. Um, really, he was, you know, the one who got us into thinking the way that, you know, think like started the sort of the brandiose thought process. I mean, I give him tons of credit. Um, and so every time you go through it, you know, you just you kind of trust the process. And we're in, we're we're doing another, we're doing another huge brand launch that we're in the middle of, you know, sort of the early stages of. And um you learn really quickly you can't get attached to specific names because there's all kinds of issues um and 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 drumbo shrimp had a couple of them too that we had like ideas for brands and names and then they just it just they weren't they weren't right for a lot of reasons or legal stuff or trademark stuff so you really have to hold all of the names loosely and you have to trust the process like does it fulfill these requirements for what we know makes for a successful brand, um, you know, a name that can't be ignored. That's, you know, that's sort of number one for us. Mm-hmm. And every time you go through it, you wonder like, oh, is this gonna, is this gonna be the one that doesn't work <laughs> out? Um, and when everything starts to go and it rhymes and it feels like other brands that we've gone through and, and launches, you go, okay, this is, you know, this, this is going the way all those really other successful brands like what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and also part of it is like you know does it you know does it feel like those old ones and when it does start feeling like those ex- other success stories you just it feels there's like a sense of euphoria and you get to share that with like hey I want to let you know that like this feeling we're getting about this process and with you and partnership because it is collaborative mm-hmm. and you know what they're putting in what we're putting in when you you just i i'm always very upfront with the clubs and say hey this rhymes with a lot of what we felt before with other brands. Sure. Um, and, and if it doesn't, I, you know, it's like, it's here's where I think we need to course correct. And so, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, definitely felt the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the development was interesting because uh, this is one where Ken Babby, we love Ken. Ken's the managing partner of the Jumbo Shrimp. And then Harold um, is the GM and, and Jim Fander is also part of that group. He runs Akron and, all of us were, you know, getting to know Jacksonville and, you know, getting to know the market and, um, you know, Harold's from the South and wow, this is really sort of like Southern Georgia and, you know, as opposed to like North Florida. So really kind of getting our temperature for what Jacksonville is all about. Mm-hmm. And Ken was like, I think I want to just launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we, we, I think we talked about doing a name the team contest. I don't think we did one with this. No. The article in sportslogos.net, um, I was reading it before we talked. Yeah, the, we did. The article we says did. They like, just, I don't want to do a contest. And I was yeah. like, woof. Like, <laughs> they just said, what this is we, the name. Yeah, like, where yeah. we go? And so we like we explored a lot of names. And this was when, we like, wow, it's, ox, it's an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, where do you go with it? Shrimp are not teeth and nails creatures. So, like, wow, okay, we're going to have to, like, you know, sort of, um, yeah, figure that out. It was it was great, and I and I one of the one of the things that happened was Ken provided the entire story to uh, one like the report of the local newspaper like the day before when like like this is coming, yeah. And if we can quarantine the story, I'll give you the whole thing. And that was another game changer too because when, um, you know when it was unveiled, um, I think the story broke first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and then the un- the official unveiling. Uh, was gosh, a couple hours later. So the story breaks and it's like, it's almost like, is this real? Like they're no longer the suns anymore. There's logos and everything. It's like, yeah, this is going to be official at 10 AM. And then, so that whole morning, there's this like stirring of like, whoa, like, like, is this a thing? What's going on? And I think that that tension was instrumental in doing the same thing that an in the team contest did, but you got to have a lot of trust in your relationship with a newspaper to give mm-hmm. them everything mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to give it. I mean, I think we, maybe they have a, you know, a week in advance. They had it for a while and said like, we're going to launch on this day. I'll give you everything full access, but we can't release it until the day of the unveiling. So, that was huge. Um, you guys have done that with me a number of times with sportslogos.net. Yeah. And yeah. Thanks for, like, thanks for oh, your trust, man. Paul. Geez. Oh, like uh, <laughs> sitting there with this information. Like, I just want to tell people so bad and I can't, yeah, uh, yeah, but I never yeah. do. I never do. So yeah. you talked about the oxymoron and I think this is fun because I think, you know, to me, one of the most fun versions uh, or one of the most fun marks in this suite is the one with the with the shrimp itself wrapped around the the state of Florida uh, yeah. to sort of juxtapose, you know, the the size of the shrimp with the size of an entire state. Right. Um, right. That one really calls that out quite a bit. But the character, I mean, you say he's not tooth and nails. And, you know, and this is something that we've talked about with you and with Chuck Domino before, where you talk about, you know, these successful logos are often ones where you take something sort of vulnerable 
and make yeah. him ferocious, right? Like, yeah, and so yeah. here's this little shrimp that you know normally you would associate with with a cocktail snack, and so here he is now this this ferocious gigantic mascot bigger than the state of Florida. So that right. oxymoron, I think, really sort of helps to play up this notion of taking something vulnerable and making him ferocious. Yeah, because we're also very mindful of what the audience, the the locals, the fans, like what they're thinking when they hear the name. Mm-hmm. So usually there's, you know, we talked about El Paso, like when we said Chihuahuas at that point, they're the only context for Chihuahuas. And at that moment, I think like Paris Hilton's reality TV show was hot. <laughs> and so right. like the Chihuahua was like a purse dog and it yeah. was like, yo, Carol Taco Bell. So we knew where everybody was going to think we we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we, mm-hmm. There's only, there was like, there was certain cultural context for what that name could be at that moment. Mm-hmm. And we always step into that. And and that was I give credit to Chuck because Chuck was like Iron Pigs. They're gonna think we're gonna go Porky Pig. And right. I was like, yeah. Well, what were what, what, what you thinking? Chuck's like, let's just go the opposite direction, and like let's do the teeth and nails on a pig, steel right. rivets, you know, tough as nails, all that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, right? Because then they're, you know, and Chuck also had a philosophy of unveiling the name before the logo mm-hmm. to really play into pre-existing ideas of what that was so when you think oh jumbo shrimp you're thinking shrimp you're not thinking teeth and nails at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. then we'll go teeth and nails and then it's like not what i was expecting that's cool sure um and so you know you'll see a lot of like you know the in the logo there's a lot of like the edginess and it's very graphic and it's very sort of angular and you know and 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 making this you know um sharp and dangerous and spiky um you know and also just been working out at Gold's Gym in, in uh, <laughs> Duval County for, for three years. Nice. Yeah. One of the things that when I when I did this story, I interviewed uh, Noel Blaha, who was with yeah. me at the time, is not I anymore. <laughs> good guy, super good guy. But he he told me that the, uh, that the word mark, that the type itself kind of uh, derived from G.I. Joe. And I thought, that that was pretty cool. Is that uh, is that something you guys intend? I mean, I don't I don't remember that specifically, but like, <laughs> sure, yes, <laughs> yes, correct. No, no, I know, I don't know. I, no, no, I I I'm sure that's the way it was. I, you know, it was it was. I think you know we realized also like we're in an NFL town, mm-hmm. uh, and the Jaguars really established that. So then it was like, well, can we create something that feels almost NFL? Sure. Um, and you know, and, and can it can it feel almost NFL? Can it feel very angular and rigid? And it's definitely one of the more unique uh typefaces that we've developed. Yeah. Um and and yeah, so yeah. It, you know how how it rhymes with the logo, how it feels like its own thing, and it's not, you know, yeah. sort of NFL and Nike-ish in a way. Sure. Well, and the whole uh, you know, we talked about this as well with the the whole sort of seafood uh the the seafood uh the the buffet that you have yeah the i-10 buffet the series yeah because <laughs> you've got the shuckers and the blue wahoos and the jumbo shrimp and there's yeah. you know there's a whole sort of seafood thing going on down there and just throw in some biscuits with it right like uh, right so, <laughs> yeah so that's yeah so this is this is really fun and it's one that i think that people really took to i think you know, even though they embraced the the brushback or the pushback, I think that this is one that really took off right away. And I know there are people out there who say that this is, you know, this is this is one of their favorite logos in the miners. And I, th- I think this is one that took off uh, fairly quickly because it was sort of an iconic logo in the, the the wacky era right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, as I think about it, um, like one of the things that I'm, I'm looking at right now is they had a ton of slogan shirts, mm-hmm. which I, I want to like, now I'm thinking about, we should do this more often, um, <laughs> which is, uh, it's funny because like, you always do these one-off ideas and then you yeah. sort of, you know, some of the stuff you integrate into future projects and then some of it you don't think about. One of the things was they had like a, you know, every time we're, we, we do this process, somebody on staff will just start going through puns, just mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's really fun. It kind of gets everybody motivated, but I'm looking like they had like shrimp and grit, um, you know, crustacean nation, <laughs> uh, batter up um, <laughs> for fried shrimp, um, shrimping ain't easy, big nice. shrimping. Um, <laughs> and so like, these were all shirts that were made early on. I'm literally, as we're talking, Paul, I'm like copying this to my desktop being like, all right, we're slogan shirts. So Do more of this. So, you're going to see that you're going to see more slogan shirts, right? Yeah. But really, you know, it's a great way. And I'm, I'm sort of processing this all at the moment. Like it's a great way to, yeah, you can put the haters are going to hate shirt out, but also you can start putting all these pun shirts out where people like, get a, you know, it's not just the logo that are like, wow, that's the jumbo shrimp. Is that the new team? Wait, wasn't everybody talking about this thing, but you're putting a smile on their face. Like when you see like shrimp and ain't easy, you're like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Wh- who, wait, what? That's oh, right. that's the new that's the new jumbo shrimp team, and so all of a sudden, so I think a lot of that, and I'm giving Harold and Noel um, a huge amount of credit for really pushing the slogan shirts early on, um, because it kind of gets everybody like, hey, we're not we're not taking ourselves so seriously. It's fun, right? You know, away we go. Yeah, I would wear the dad hat, or, or sorry, I, I would wear the the dad joke, you know, pun slogan shirt absolutely for for my team yeah yeah um you guys don't do a lot of like hidden elements one of my favorite stories is uh with the richmond flying squirrels everyone thought that the flying squirrel was shaped like the state of virginia and it was just like coincidence yeah (laughs) but the the shrimp as letter j i think is one that that people don't see immediately but it's definitely intentional that that the prime yeah and that was i i know the team was like what can we make make the shrimp into a j um this worked i would say I one of my creative pet peeves is uh, can you make a blank look like a blank? Right, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Can you make this? Can you make a blank look like a blank? It just feels like um, low hanging fruit. It's kind of like a layup. It's kind of like you know, like a ha ha. Right. It's cle- clever, but not like in a in a good way, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I'm ever I'm always sort of against it, but I think in this way it works well. I mean, um, yeah, it, it works. I it, it works well. Yeah, no, that's and that's one that I didn't necessarily see right away. And then once I did, I was just like, ah, it makes makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, Jason, this is always so much fun. I have such a good time talking about these. Logos yeah, and I appreciate you stopping by. We won't let it be so long next time uh, before we talk again. Because right, Let's do good. it again. Let's do it again. Also, before I forget, like this oh, yeah. was the um, yeah, this was the first team that we worked on to do uh, custom concession vessels like you would get at Disney, like um, like character mugs. And so um, if you look it up, they have a um, a jumbo shrimp like um, drink vessel. I think you can get like an adult beverage in it with like tequila and like it's like a slushy thing. Yeah. Um, but this was the first time that we took a, a, a brand from 2D into 3D and created like a living, breathing like um, element. So that, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole project. I got to figure out a way to get one of those on the helmet Sunday shelf back here. Cause that's, that's, that, I mean, that's... It's, it is a shrimp Sunday for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this sounds like a great way to serve some shrimp cocktail at a party. Yes. From now on. So yes. I think people would expect that at my house. Awesome. Well, right. Brandios as always is on 
brandios.com at brandios on all the socials because you guys are so good with the brand synergy jason thank you so much for coming by and talking yeah about let's do it again shrimp. soon let's do it again soon oh so fun all right this is a a special live interview from the big island of hawaii i'm here with baseball by design wildlife consultant ranger amy burnett and also our very special guest, Kathleen Clark, who is the Marine Stewardship and Education Specialist with Reef Teach at Kailua Bay here in Kona. Kailua Kona or Kona? Kailua Kona. Kailua Kona, yep. Hawaii. And it's a long way from Jacksonville, Florida here in Kona, Hawaii. But one thing that, that Hawaii has in common with Jacksonville, Florida is that there are shrimp. Not necessarily jumbo shrimp, but we're here with a with a wildlife expert, with a marine expert who can talk to us a little bit about what it is about shrimp in particular that make them such a, a great mascot. Make them, first of all, so cool and make them such a great mascot for a baseball team. So Kathleen, thank you so much for agreeing to this goofy request to uh, talk to Baseball by Design wildlife consultant Ranger Amy and me. We appreciate you being here. My pleasure. What a fun way to start the new year. Well... That's right. It is January 1st. Happy New Year. I almost forgot. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year, Ranger Amy. Uh, Happy New Year, Paul. We are looking out at the Pacific Ocean, which it turns out is quite large. The Pacific Ocean is pretty big. (laughs) But So, Kathleen, what kind of shrimp are we going to see here at the Ka'alu'u Bay or or in Hawaii in general? Yeah, so something that's really cool and unique about where we are right now is Kahalu'u Bay is home to hundreds of different species of fish and invertebrates Um, and I would say for shrimp in general there's probably over maybe not a dozen species but but close to that in the bay here Um, and we have banded coral shrimp we have um, mantis shrimp we have um, the boring shrimp which actually uh, (laughs) dig holes into the coral and and create little uh, little habitats in there. Oh, it's not that they're boring. Yeah, not boring. Okay. Boring. I thought you were telling me that if I looked at them, I'd be like, oh, it's a boring one. Not boring. Okay. Not boring, boring. Okay, boring. So they're, boring. they're making holes in the yes. coral. They yeah. sound pretty interesting, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, they do. But the one that I thought, you know, when you guys were asking me about how shrimp could relate to baseball, yeah. which was probably the strangest question I've ever been asked. <laughs> we is, told you. You said, ah, oh, I've heard it all, but we, we no, told you. No, I, now I maybe have heard it. Um, was, was the mantis shrimp. Um, mantis shrimp are pretty unique in that um, they're really voracious predators. So when you think of a shrimp, you might think of just this little creature crawling around, pretty harmless, but the mantis shrimp are actually uh, pretty, pretty deadly. And so what they do... Um, they're kind of broken up into two different types of mantis shrimp, and, and it's it's basically based on the way that they kill their prey. And one of them um, is a smasher, yes. and one of them is a spearer. Oh. And so the smashers actually take their, um, their appendages and actually go out and smash their prey, um, usually like soft-bodied worms, smaller fish, um, other shrimp, unfortunately. And the spears, as you can imagine, actually use their appendages to actually spear um, their prey. And so, I don't know, I just felt like these these shrimp really embody a a, a tenacious, um, athletic, very quick... you could relate it back to baseball. Absolutely. If we stretched it really far. No, I think you don't have to. I think you've got the smashers. They're yeah. going to be a designated hitter. Your okay. classic, like, old guy in the American League. And the spearers 
I'm picturing like a like a middle infielder out there, like lightning quick, you know, making that turn at second base. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I like the fact that you said that they're tenacious and they're big fretters. Like, I mean, when you were little and your older brother, you know, he called you a shrimp because he was so tall. Now you're, you know, it doesn't seem like such an insult, Paul. I did get called a shrimp, by the way. My brother is still taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Jacksonville, they've got the jumbo shrimp. The jumbo shrimp are pretty big. I don't, I don't know if the jumbo shrimp is like a specific species of shrimp or if that's just like a way of describing a large shrimp that they fried up and, you know, put on your dinner plate. It's just the size. It's we, just the size. Yes. So any one of these. A tiger shrimp. A, a tiger shrimp? Probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are some, some other, you know, you mentioned the mantis shrimp. I remember the mantis shrimp being included on an episode of Radiolab, which is also a podcast where they were talking about different animals and their ability to perceive color. And the mantis shrimp have this like ridiculous ability to perceive color because they live often at the depths of the ocean, which is interesting. So anyway, so what so what other types of shrimp are we looking at here, here in the Bay? One of the other shrimps that I thought was interesting, um, not the boring shrimp, but the boring shrimp, <laughs> um, was this petroglyph shrimp. And oh. so the petroglyph shrimp actually um, creates little habitat within coral. And so it'll start digging these little fissures and over years and years, it will create deeper and deeper fissures and it will actually create a little habitat. So it, it stays safe and, and protects itself from getting eaten by um, hiding out in these little, in these little um, burrows that it digs. And one of the things that's interesting, it relates back to coral, is that um, this can sometimes be an opening for coral disease. And oh. so because it kind of damages the coral a little bit, um, you'll, you'll often find in areas where you have petroglyph shrimp, you'll see that there's um, nearby uh, or adjacent disease. Um, it can get infected by different pathogens, especially if the water quality isn't great. And so um, petroglyph shrimp will make their little, their little habitat in there. Um, and they actually farm little filamentous algae that grows in the little um, crevices that they dig. So they've got like a fully functioning little system there where they've got their habitat, they've got their food, and they're safe from predators in those little burrows. It's kind of funny because we farm shrimp and shrimp farm as well. And <laughs> These we are farming shrimp. farming shrimp. So they are not boring at all. They are not boring. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Kathleen, you talk with Reef Teach about what kind of sunscreen people can use in Mostly people think, well, it's protecting the turtles and the fish, but does it also affect the shrimp too? Well, we were just talking about how the, um, these shrimp farm the algae. And so what we're learning as, we, um, as there's more and more research coming out about the potentially harmful effects of sunscreen chemicals on marine systems, really aquatic systems in general, so whether it's freshwater or saltwater, um, we're learning that it actually can be absorbed into the the tissues and so plant tissue or animal tissue and um, one of the things that they were finding is that in areas where you have high levels of oxybenzone was the chemical that was being studied you have less um, algae and so we know that algae is an important um, part of the food food system here it's really the primary producer and so when we have those chemicals present we have less algae less food for the fish and the and the shrimp in this case that feed on that algae and so um you know when we when we hear about this issue we think about it kind of on a, on a bigger scale but when you really start to learn more about it you see how it really starts to affect all these other parts of the system and i am very sad to think about losing shrimp because i really love eating shrimp so <laughs> that is really sad which is really what the jumbo shrimp are named for is the food rather than the animal I but think. i do love looking at these these shrimp 
anyone who's listening to this needs to go and Google mantis shrimp and my favorite, the coral banded shrimp, which I call the barbershop shrimp. Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> so oh, cute. yeah. They're so Kathleen has a cool book here with all these pictures of shrimp. So cool. This one almost looks like the banded uh, coral shrimp almost looks like an old time baseball uniform. To oh, me. he like, totally does. It? Like, like... <laughs> he looks like he's wearing the high socks. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to put this up on Twitter when this episode comes out. <laughs> that is very cool. The yeah. banded coral shrimp. Yeah. I like it. So if people want to look for sunscreen that is safe, reef safe uh, for shrimp and for everything else that's in the ocean, what do they look for? So the easiest way to um, determine whether your sunscreen is, is safe for the reef, um, safe for aquatic systems, is by turning the sunscreen over mm -hmm. and actually looking at the active ingredients. Um, a lot of the marketing right now um, markets sunscreens as reef safe, reef friendly, biodegradable, all these things where there's really no certification process. So it's almost like calling something natural, like it doesn't really mean much. <laughs> ah, okay. um, so the best way you turn your bottle over, you look at those active ingredients and you only want sunscreen that has two, one or two active ingredients. And those are zinc oxide and or titanium dioxide. And those are minerals. So those don't actually absorb into your bloodstream. They stay on the surface of your skin and block the UVA, UVB rays. So what way. you're saying is that it's not only safe for fish and organisms, it's actually better for us to, yeah. to be wearing these mineral sunscreens. Yeah. A good place to start is looking for baby sunscreens because baby oh. sunscreens are the safest ingredients and baby sunscreens are usually always zinc oxide. So there are a lot of seafood-themed minor league baseball teams out there, uh, especially in Florida. You've got the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. You have the uh, the Biloxi Shuckers, not in Florida, but but right there on the Gulf Coast with them. You've got the Daytona Tortugas. You've got the Jupiter Hammerheads, the uh, Clearwater Threshers. You have what else? Obviously the Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, so there's a bunch of, of seafood or sea life themed minor league baseball teams, especially in the uh, the Gulf Coast, the Florida area. What is an example, what it, what is some marine life in Hawaii that would just kick the butt of any of these mainland-based minor league teams? What, what's a what's a great Hawaii marine life mascot? I think there are many. Yeah. But there's two that come to mind. Can I do two? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the first one would be tiger sharks for sure. They are strong and stealthy, and uh, to me represent. Um, athleticism and power but the one that I feel like here uh, in Kahalu'u Bay and it's it's sort of funny but it but it's not um, is the Humuhumu Nukunuku Apua'a my favorite fish that's, the yeah. best. that's great yeah the Humuhumu Nukunuku Apua'a is a trigger fish that um, nests it's a demersal nester so they nest on the ground here they nest in the sand and so they are fierce protectors of their nests and we see people come out of the water bloodied, grown men crying, oh, screaming no. because they've been bitten by a no by a nesting humu. Wow. And so I don't know, I just feel like that really you know, they're small but mighty, fierce protectors of their of their kin. And I feel like they could just unassumingly do some damage. There is nothing I wanna see more now than the humu humu nuku nuku apua'a as a minor league baseball logo. That is incredible. That is a great one. You should have proposed that. Yeah. So what player would the Humu be on the team? Because it's like fiercely protecting its team. It's, uh, uh, it's the, he's, that's the catcher. That's the catcher, I catcher. think. Yeah. So 
Kathleen, we have taken up more of your time than I meant to. I apologize for that. But would you mind just telling us, because I've been so impressed by the work that Reef Teach is doing here. We spoke with you yesterday. We're back here today to do some more snorkeling. You're, you're doing great work providing free uh, reef safe sunscreen to, to snorkelers and providing educational services. Can you tell us a little bit about what Reef Teach is? Yeah, great, thank you. Uh, so the Reef, Reef Teach is a program of the Kohala Center. We're a nonprofit um, organization here in, on Hawaii Island. We're down here at Kahalu'u Bay. And so we have a team of dedicated volunteers who come down to Kahalu'u every day. And what we're here to do is really empower beachgoers with information so that they can make decisions that help mitigate their impact on the reef here. Um, the reef ecosystem at Kahalu'u is a cherished one in the community. There's a lot of historical and cultural significance to this place. And so we really just are trying to help people understand that and build a relationship with Kahalu'u that helps them to respectfully engage with this place, um, not just as a snorkel beach or as a turtle bay, as some people call it, but really as a cherished um, community gathering place with a ton of history and a ton of um, stories that, that um, I will share with you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Kathleen, thank you so much. Yeah. Ranger Amy, let's go snorkel. What do you think? It is time to go snorkeling. I'm hot. Yeah. Let's do this. I need some, some reef safe sunscreen before we get out All there. All right, though. I got it for you. <laughs> Kathleen, where can we find more about Reef Teach? Um, on the web or on social media? online if you go to kohalacenter.org you can find all sorts of information about reef teach and then some of the other programs we have around the island and then um online we are social media we are at kahalu'u bay for both instagram and facebook that'll be in the show notes if you're listening to this podcast right now just check the show notes and you can uh, see those links there kathleen thank you again you're welcome Thanks, my kathleen. pleasure this has been fun yeah This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Kelly Robinson, the Minor League Nerd. My YouTube channel explores the history of minor league baseball teams. More than just stats, we delve into team lineage, sharing stories from current franchises to obscure one-year wonders. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball, so get on the site and find a team near you today. Hey everyone, it's Eric from the great state of Kansas. This is Johnny from the New Orleans Baby Cakes Memorial Museum. And we are the Earn Front Average Podcast. Where we talk to a variety of guests about their love of baseball and have fun doing it. America, lower your standards. Average is what we do best. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series, and in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at, at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy.
Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. Learn more about Curve Brand Media at curvebrandmedia.com.